Ah. Alright, okay. Is everything set up? Yep, okay, boys. Yeah. Alright. We are good go. to go. Is it been 13 seconds is the question? Yes, it has been. Alright. Hello everyone, welcome to the Football Theory Podcast. Very first episode, boys. Um, yes. Can we get, wait, Laurie, can we have a clap for that, mate? Yeah. Can we have a clap, boys? <laughs> Excellent clap. Okay, obviously... <laughs> Laurie, Brian... you're the sound guy. <laughs> Put in sound effects. Yeah. Alright, obviously we've just finished match day 22. What are our thoughts about it? First game, Aston Villa 1, Arsenal 0. Well, if we're we're being honest, uh, um, it's just, it's just unfortunate for the boys. I think that, I I genuinely thought they were going to lose that entire time. No one ever thought, well, I I personally never thought Arsenal were going to win that game. Um, really? Aston Villa have had a great season. They've come from relegation to top 10, are they? Yes, they're ninth. And uh, yeah, honestly, they won by a uh, goal in the first minute, which would have been the most boring game. But yeah, Arsenal, by the looks of things, did take control of the game there. So, they did, 100%. Yeah. Arsenal destroyed in passes. What, they nearly had double, they were just mucking around with the ball, I would say. They, they mm. had 67% uh, percent possession. They absolutely crushed it in all the stats, right? Except for goals. I mean, they, they even had more shots. Mm. I do also special appearance from uh, an Australian goalkeeper for Arsenal, Matt Ryan. Jay. Big ups. Big ups to the fella. Um, but yeah... I, I don't know where you got the stat from. Oh, more shots. Yes, they had. They did have more shots, but not on target, though. So I think target practice will be necessary <laughs> in the Arsenal training ground. Uh, moving on to the second game. Uh, well, on, on, on Sunday, the Sunday games, um, Burnley-Brighton and Newcastle-Southampton. With the Newcastle game, you had the exact same scenario with the Aston Villa game, right? Newcastle, they won, and yet you look at the gameplay, they, they, um, Southampton absolutely destroyed them with possession. They nearly tripled their passes, right? 610 to 221. Again, they're just not attacking with the ball. They're just sitting back and they're just passing it to themselves, which doesn't win games as seen. Also with Southampton, they've had the worst last five game streak in the entire Premier League by a long way. Even all all the relegation sides have a better last five record than Southampton. Southampton have five losses straight in a row. So, um, yeah, it's it's it just goes to show that a, a good start to the season doesn't mean really anything because the season's a very long long <laughs> way to the end. Hmm. Sorry, I had something in my throat. <laughs> and uh, Fulham and West Ham. <laughs> I thought West Fulham Ham. was. I thought West Ham was going to crush that, especially after yeah, same. last match day's performance. Yeah. Jesse Lingard setting Jesse the fight the pitch. Got player see, of the game. See, Jesse Lingard. He has talent. He has serious talent. Just I don't think 
I think Man U were just too impatient with him. Yeah. Like they couldn't put him on the pitch as a starting eleven because, you know, he's coming up against Bruno Fernandez. So there's that. But I do want to say Mike Dean gave out more cards in this match day and last match day than he than Christmas. You know, he he's gotten death threats, which isn't good <laughs> and we do not support in any way. But he gave out a lot and some were unnecessary. Some were definitely unnecessary. Coming from uh, Wolves and Arsenal, that card should not have been a card at any rate. Exactly. Nah, I disagree with that. No, that should definitely have been a card. He found him in the box, right? We're talking about the David Louise one, right? Yeah, yeah, David Louise. That was reviewed by VAR. And then the referee reviewed it. And then the FA reviewed it. And they all said the exact same thing. That was a clear foul in the box. He, he, he clipped his ankle. It was clear. It was a clear foul. I don't but, understand why you wouldn't call that A, a red card. Well, and one. B, a penalty. Sorry. Uh, their, their whole new rule was that they don't want to be given out a red card and a penalty in times. And I think if you're going to be overruling that role and make it a red card and a penalty, it's going to have to be a pretty bad foul. And I think... If you look at it, David Louise was actually pulling back his knee, like his knee, where we, where the contact was. So I don't think yeah. it was a malicious enough but to have warrant. The other, yeah, the other side of that is because I don't, I personally don't agree with. Oh, there shouldn't be a red card if there's a foul in the penalty, because what if you miss that penalty, right? Then, then the teams had nothing to look like. They've lost nothing. I think that yeah. there should be a red card if a goal, if if there's a goal opportunity, and you've and you've pulled someone back to not allow them to uh, take that goal. Oh yeah, and I I, I completely disagree with uh, Laurie's last point by saying it could have been an accident. He was trying to pull back. This guy mm-hmm. is a world class defender. He knows exactly what he's doing, right? He yeah. knows how to manipulate his play. He know he knew exactly like the amount of pressure just to clip it to make it seem oh it could have been an accident no he was totally in the wrong he was never getting the ball so why didn't he why did he even try and tackle him right it was just stupid and i 100 percent agree with the ref yeah one thing well we'll we'll get to we'll get to a point that was very um very uh, controversial in the press uh yesterday um, but we'll move on swiftly. Uh, Man U versus Everton and Tottenham Ooh. versus West Brom. Man U versus Everton, right. A lot of our players got destroyed over the media about this, right. But there are very few reasons why some players should get destroyed. I think David De Gea got annihilated by everyone. And I don't understand why. He was only at fault for one of those goals, I personally think. And Harry Maguire gets away with it. Um, it's it's almost like, and this is a very controversial point I'm putting forward, but it's almost like uh, the press and the media that are based in England, um, almost favourite players like Harry Maguire and other um, English players like Aaron Wembasaka in our team, and even Luke Shaw and players that are foreign get annihilated by the media. Anthony Martial, who had a great season last season, was still told that he isn't a proper number nine. 
um, Dav De Gea, who doesn't even have that bad of a game, is still told that that whole game that we lost to, uh, that we drew to Everton was his fault, which I completely disagree with. Really? Because um, Kane, he has one. Obviously, he's the heart of England, right? Everyone loves Kane. Kane has one upset game, and everyone just destroys him. Media in particular just absolutely just rips him to shreds. Yeah. They, he has one off game. They tell him that he's out of form. Um, they say how much, how better some players are than him. Like one game, and he just absolutely gets dragged through the mud. So I think your previous point does, you know, it has some valid reasoning. But I also think that you can't completely generalize what the media is saying. No, I'm saying at Man United specifically. And I'm not just saying I'm not just saying foreign players get the stick. I'm saying like other players have as well. Like Greenwood, when he was um, breaking COVID laws during the international break or whatever, he got destroyed by the media. But Phil Foden got out of it, even though they did the same thing. And Phil Foden was almost worse off because he, I think, had either a kid or a wife at the time. I'm not sure, but I'm I'm sure he was in some sort of relationship with the child. But Greenwood got got destroyed. And I don't I'm, know why. I'm just wondering, is maybe because it's not so much as a English versus non-English, would it be potentially Man United? There's no point denying it. Man United are one of the biggest clubs in the world, right? And so naturally, the um, everyone's eyes will always be on Man United because they're just so big, right? So maybe yeah. would you say that has that plays into it a bit you know just the popularity of man united everyone holds them to a greater um a greater expectation yeah but at the same time i like i agree with that in in there there are some ways that i agree with that yeah but there are also some ways that i disagree with it entirely because harry Maguire, he's the captain of one of the biggest clubs in the world and he still gets 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 like yeah he gets bullied by like people on social media but he doesn't get bullied by the media whereas other people like Bruno Fernandez if he doesn't score or get an assist in a game he's told that he's having a bad game and that he's out of form which just isn't right I reckon it also probably have with the who the pressure's on so like like you said Martial last season that was he was probably someone that one of their main scorers last season you know Green was coming up but they didn't have Fernandes for all of it, Fernandez for all of it, and they didn't have Cavani yet. So I think it was sort of a lot of pressure on him to uh, continue to score and yeah and whatnot. And same with the De Gea's, he's probably like a big part of their team. So I think there'd probably be a lot of pressure for them to perform. So that when they don't, it's probably more obvious than others who just constantly sort of underperform. Like you said, Harry Maguire is one of them, and some others as well. Yeah, but. I mean, Luke Shaw has had the pressure of having Alex Tellez behind him, looking over his shoulder, making sure that he doesn't mess up, because if he messes up, he's going to be knocked out of the starting 11. And like, um, David De Gea has had pressure as well, because he's had um, Henderson behind him. And he's, like, Henderson had a great season last season with uh, Sheffield United. And Sheffield United are failing this season. And I think maybe because they've lost some of their big players like Henderson. 
So are you saying your argument? Are you what you're trying to say is that foreign players are getting treated a bit harshly by the media, and maybe have greater expectations from the football world in England specifically? I'm saying there are a lot of foreign players that get very treated very badly by the media, way way worse than that what they should, what they deserve, and there's no other reason that I can think of other than they're foreign. Like for instance, uh, Axel Twanzebe got destroyed, and he only played for 12 minutes on Sunday. He got destroyed, but Harry Maguire, he got, he got he got let off the hook. So yeah, that's all. Yeah. Think. All right, moving on. Sheffield one, Chelsea two. What? You just missed a bunch of games. Tottenham two. West. I Brighton, I want to get back to this. I just want to I, I just want to bring up the Chelsea game. I just want okay. to bring up the Chelsea. Okay, game. okay. Because this really paved me off big time. <laughs> Number one, the stats do not... If, if I didn't watch the game and I was looking at the stats, 31 possession Sheffield to 69 Chelsea, right? Oh, obviously Chelsea were in the lead. But as... And people will agree with me if they actually watch the game. Sheffield were constantly... I reckon the best game Sheffield have ever played was against Chelsea that game, right? And if it weren't for that penalty, I reckon Sheffield, A, would have either tied it or won it because there was a couple unlucky headers that Sheffield had. And all I'm saying is that I reckon that should have been a tie. I do not. I disagree with the Chelsea penalty decision. Yeah. When I saw it, because I saw that you, you were quite angry in the group chat about it. When I saw it, I don't know if I completely agreed with you. Um, because realistically, rules are rules at the end of the day. There's obviously, you can bring logic into football, but rules are rules. And if someone is pulled down or even tapped while in the box, obviously you're a bad player if you're tapped in the box and you go down. But rules are rules at the end of the day. If you're, if you're tapped and you go down in the box, it should be a penalty. Yeah, but also, because there's, there's been a quite a debate, hence why I think that I, this could be my bias rule because I absolutely hate Chelsea. Um, but the ref was confused because Werner actually also, it was a 50-50 um, attack. Um, they ran into each other, right? And it was a 50-50 effort. Werner, yes, he did want to try and run around him. But also, they just ran at each other. Both of the players both moved into each other at the exact same time. That's why the ref didn't call the penalty and was unsure until he had to properly go and review it because the VAR uh, stepped in. And that's why I think that it shouldn't have been a penalty because Werner ran into him. I mean, the goalkeeper was just trying to defend the ball. Yes, Werner did, you know, do a skill move and tap it the other way to go run around him. But Werner was just as much in the wrong as the goalie, in my humble opinion. But then it goes to the fact of... Um, I forgot the phrase that they use, but it's... it's um, uh, 
you know, the the uh, bias goes to the attack, the attacker. The attacker always gets the bias and the higher hand of yeah. power in that case. Yeah. So, yeah. But I, I see, I, I can see where the anger is coming from, no doubt. No doubt. And I can oh, see well, literally everyone in that, in, in Chelsea's fan, every, all, all the Chelsea fans right now are le- legit getting out of their soggy, wet seats because it is covered in sweat because they just sweated so hard to try and pull back a, another goal. Because li- li- that was that game I feel like within what how, how many minutes like what oh. 15 odd minutes the, yeah. the game was finished up so I think when they, Chelsea, they, they got away with that so, somehow and when Chelsea know. yeah I agree when Chelsea bagged that second goal uh, and Sheffield and it was um and a, a kickoff at center. Sheffield just looked more comfortable on the ball. They were more. They um they attacked the ball. Um they were just way better with the ball. And I honestly think Sheffield definitely deserved the tie. And I even think they even deserved a bit of a win, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm. I can just imagine Chelsea just saying, "Sit, park the damn bus," like because <laughs> I, I mean, it, realistically, if I was in that position. And we just scored a scummy point. I I would be like I wouldn't be complaining right now, but yeah, I I, I completely see why everyone is angry about it. But we moved yep. to, and now to the game. Wolves versus Leicester. Laurie, it's your time to shine. Well, um, um I must say, a bit of a Robin Hood stealing from the rich, giving to the poor, because um <laughs> we seem to only perform against top six. <laughs> Yeah, uh, no, well, I, I came into it thinking I'd be happy with a point and that's what I got. So anything more, I would have been buzzing. But from what I saw, I actually, yeah, it was a bit um, bit of a boring game to watch, but that's just Wolves football. But um, yeah, we were lucky gonna, to draw, I'd say. I'm not going to lie. This, you, like, these, the stats I'm looking at right now, they're the most deserving of a draw stats. Like, you had the same amount of shots, almost the same amount of shots on target. Possession was borderline the same. Like, it is... This game was the definition of a draw. So, I mean, fair enough. And do you know who Wolves got injured from from Wolves? Because Yeah, that was a big blow. Daniel Podence and Willy Boller, who just came back from injury, actually has gone back into injury. And I'm more concerned about Podence. He was like fully on form like had replaced like coming to a being like replacement of uh, Jimenez and I was very it's a massive blow to Podence and like I said before I'm questioning now I'm sort of looking towards relegation more seriously I'm hoping not but it is definitely looming over the club but I hope we need to well, get you, something well you're 12 going. points from relegation yeah if it was any other season I'd be more worried but again with like there is some teams that have got Quite a low number of points, like you said, twelve that twelve gaps. So, got a bit of a safety safety bubble still, but I am starting to worry. Yes. Well, uh, and now to the game. Next game. What, and now what, to the what, what game? I'm thinking Man of the City Spurs Liverpool. Game. Oh. oh, the Spurs game. Okay, let's I totally the Spurs forgot game. About the Liverpool game. 
<laughs> oh, you, you forgot about the blockbuster of the whole match day. Okay, all right. We'll, no, get, we'll, to we'll, we'll get to it. We'll get to the blockbuster. We'll get to the blockbuster. <laughs> is Tottenham West Brom the real blockbuster? I must say. <laughs> big game, big game. Big game? Yeah? Yeah, definitely. Um, um, the, f- the, f- the fact is, I like to see it because you don't see Spurs having much possession for a team that passed the bus. But you guys got away with it this time and had 66% possession. Yeah, that's that's what we like to see. Good on you. Um, in the first half, they actually did uh, hold us back quite a lot. Um, you know, Harry Kane, he got a couple of shots, but, you know, they were only kind of warning shots, as it were. Um, you know, he, I, I don't think he believed that any of the... Um, any of his first half shots were actually going in. But, yeah, just the second half, we just pulled away. And, yeah, we were the better team. Kane... Got one, and then Sonny uh, sealed the deal. Sealed yeah, I must deal. say, watching that first half, I was a bit worried for Spurs. Um, West Brom were holding quite well. I think they had five at the back, so they were sort of not letting anything through, and when it did come through, it was sort of just fizzling through to the keeper. So, yeah, I think if you didn't take it, get away with it in the second half, it would have been very close. I mean, it was a bit of a shock uh to see um, Harry Kane being in the lineups an hour before the start. Yeah. Because we were to, like, I was being told by, like, some, like, outlets, like, oh, he's going to be out for two to three weeks. Yeah. But he came back fast as heck and they scored. So he, he's fine. Absolutely. In the eyes of me. Yeah, and um, this was actually uh, uh, in terms of Tottenham game. This was actually a, a big game, um, big game for Jose Mourinho and his future job. Because obviously the fans are absolutely going ballistic um, at him at the moment. Um, me personally, I, I think you know he's doing all right. He's not doing the best, but looking at it, first off, we're missing our midfield. If if Hodgeberg wasn't in there. We would be missing our midfield, and we're missing our attacking, um, our attacking defenders. And so, keeping all that in mind, you're attacking Mourinho, defenders. Yeah. Um, What's an Sergio attacking defender? Wing back. Wing back. You wing back. Sergio Regulon, Jose's special role for him is attacking defender. So he pushes, um, on the attack with you know Kane and Son. So a wing back. Okay, if we're getting technical, then yes, we're going back. <laughs> no, but as we said, attacking say, defender. We were missing Regulong, and obviously we've missed Kane for well last match, and then he got injured on the Brighton match. So technically, I'm going to say two because he wasn't at his top performance on the Brighton game. Uh, we've missed Lucelso, which is a gun, for about what three months now, and you know I think. For what Jose has, I think he's doing all right, and I do not think he, uh, Spurs need to get rid of him. So you're not Jose out, or are you? I am Jose. Jose, Jose out. Jose in. I would like to um, see you do a bit better, um, but I would never say Jose out. No, and I don't think the club either, because um, I was actually reading. Uh, Levy actually was trying to get Mourinho for a couple of years to come and be manager at Spurs. And Levy has um, has told the press quite a number of times that he is confident 
in Mourinho's ability and he trusts him completely. And Pochettino, uh, Tottenham's old coach, he didn't have that trust um, that Mourinho, uh, that Levy places in Mourinho. So I think Mourinho is going to be staying um, around for a long time. Yeah. Well, talking about Mourinho, I think we should talk about match day 24. Huge game for Spurs. Spurs versus City. Possibly possibly one of the biggest games this season for Spurs because Mourinho is already under pressure, so he has to pull back this game. I'm actually really hoping Tottenham wins, so maybe we can actually somehow scrape back some points. But um, what, are you, what are your thoughts, Toby? Oh, Man City have absolutely been gunning it. Um, uh, Pep is on his longest um, manager career win streak at the moment. I think, what, 15, is it? I'm pretty sure it's 15 wins in a row. Um, but as I said, the last time Tottenham and Man City versed, we beat them 2-0. So, but they were out of form. So it's hard to it's hard to say. And when you say Jose will be under pressure, um, so he will be performing good, and then Pep is in form. It should be a cracker of a game. Yeah, it will yeah. be a good game. Speaking of in form, Man City and Pep Guardiola, the old you're gonna see the four one, the blockbuster game, four one Liverpool versus Man City. What are our thoughts? Yes. What do you think? I think first of all, Mo Salah. Go to the Olympics because boy, he can dive. He, no one, I do not want anyone to ever call Bruno Fernandes, Bruno Fernandes or whatever, because Mo Salah has taken that crown rightfully off Mo Salah. Because the, 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 the way he went down actually really annoyed me. The way he went down, he was barely touched and he went down and he got the penalty, which brought it back to obviously 4-1. But, um, I think after that penalty, Man City got a bit angry and proceeded to score in the 73rd, 76th, and 83rd minute. So they they kind of were just like, yeah, okay, have your penalty, and then put away yeah. three other goals. So, yeah, they, they really took the game. Um, you are angry with Mo Salah. I'll tell you who yes. I'm angry with. Well, I'm angry with Klopp. Klopp? Just Klopp. He can never look the camera the eyes and just say you know what they were the better team we just didn't show up he always has an excuse you know yesterday oh you know uh the goalkeeper he was cold on his feet it's like no they were, man city just destroyed you no one was cold on their feet your whole team was just rubbish so just face the fact he, he never says the other team's better or good game he always has an excuse and that has been peeving me off is that so not- much lately is that not your golden boy, Jose Mourinho's, one of his main features in managing? Is his arrogance in how he manages? And he's oh, Jose, Jose has said in the past, Jose has said the words, my team was garbage, we moved to next week. Yeah, fair. Clark but also, is like, my team isn't garbage, it's the best in the world, and then they lose to who? Aston Villa 7-2. And then they're yeah. like, nah, our team was great. It's not. Yeah. Yeah. They have been plagued by injuries and underperforming this year. So no, but that, think... that, Aston, that Aston Villa game, they had everyone and they still got thumped. 
and still clock, still with the excuses. Yeah, I, I no, no, just no. Wait, no, Laurie, that is not an excuse at all, at all. Because well, I mean, I they have Mo Salah, they have Firmino, and they have Mane. Their They're attack is not injured four. at all. Yeah, but They're that's still not fair. That's what and? I said. They're so played what? by injuries. Half they've been playing midfielders in the defence for half the not half, give or take half the season, and they're top four. I think yeah. So like, but yesterday had no excuse. They should have been scoring more goals because their attack has no issue. Full stop. There's no injuries in their attack. The only yeah. goal they got was a was, was a penalty. Block. That was poor. Yeah. Exactly. That they they should be scoring more goals. Um, and they're going to concede a lot of goals, but they should be scoring more. Which, yeah, I, I don't think that. Oh, we, we have. Like, obviously, yeah, we have injuries. We're going to lose games, but it shouldn't be. Oh, we have injuries, so we're going to not score at all because they've been bad. They haven't been good in scoring either. Um. So. I agree. Radio, is that match day review concluded? That is match day review Radio. concluded. Now, the fellas and I have been discussing what to bring to the Football Theory podcast in terms of various topics. And this podcast, we thought, because we were planning this before the uh, winning, the win over West Brom, but we thought we would discuss the future of Spurs under Jose Mourinho. Now, we've already touched on this, this episode, saying my thoughts about it. I don't think he's going anywhere. I think he can afford to lose a couple more. I mean, the fans won't like it, but I reckon his job in terms of security is very secure. <laughs> okay, um, what, are you, what are your thoughts about this? I'll go first. I, I definitely reckon um, he... I don't think they should be getting him anywhere, letting him go anywhere at this point. I think, like, at least give him to the end of the season. You make Europa League again, la da 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 keep him fair play but I reckon by the end of the season we'll know for sure whether or not he's staying or he's going and I think that's when it'll really show but for now I don't think they should be letting him go he's definitely shown in the past that he can perform in the Premier League and in other leagues as well so he's not he's not a PE coach per se but um, I think yeah he's definitely got the quality to be able to pull it back this season and for future seasons at Spurs as well I definitely think he should stay what about you Oscar? Um, realistically, like, fans realistically get managers fired. Like, yes, the club has to go through with it, but if fans push enough, fans will get a manager fired. So I think if Jose, I think personally, for Spurs, for a team that I don't know if I necessarily like, I think for Spurs, they need to give Jose a lot of time. He needs a lot of time and probably a fair few amount of players, at least. He needs he needs time. But your uh, Spurs fans will be very upset if if Jose doesn't either go to the semi-finals or the finals of the Europa League. And if he doesn't go to the semi-finals or the finals of the FA Cup, which I'm pretty sure they're still in. Um Spurs you, fans want. Sorry, um, you mentioned you're mentioning fans, and you're absolutely right with fans. All you need to do is just look um 
look at the social media comments and they are just going ballistic at Jose. Um, But right now in COVID, I don't think fans have that power anymore. Yeah. They they can't express their voice in stadiums where past fans have booed just constantly for like 90 minutes. They've just booed and then the board gets it, right? But fans aren't allowed in stadiums and so the only way to vent is through social media. And Tottenham's a big club. Like they're not gonna they're not gonna be checking comments, right? I mean they might get a, a sniff of um, oh Jose out and stuff, but they, they will know, oh that's just fans being angry at one game, right? At yeah. this stage it's just it's just noise. It's just noise. They're not making any impact. I think Jose's relatively safe. And on another topic, Jose can play how he likes to play, where he just sits back, right? Can you imagine if Jose tried to park the bus in front of 60,000 fans? Mm. Yeah. Like, it's just, with fans in there, he would have to totally um, revolutionise his team and and his tactics and how they um, attack the ball, right? But right now, he can just, you know, play how he wants to be... uh, play how he wants to play, play um, with what he's comfortable with. And, you know, no one can say anything about it, you know? As long as he keeps, what, getting draws and uh, a couple of losses, I mean, <laughs> I think he's relatively safe. Yeah. But I ge- that, that's what I genuinely... I, I really think Tottenham will play completely different next season because at the start of this season, I remember watching a game and being like, this wasn't. This isn't Mourinho's playing style. Mourinho plays different to this. Like I, I watched like two to three games, like at the start of the season, and I, I specifically remember being like, "This isn't Tottenham. Don't play. like Mourinho does not set out his team like this. Like he, he doesn't use these tactics. So he's changed his game plan to, you know, accommodate modern football, um, which." You know, good on him. That's what all managers, that's what all good managers should be doing. That's that they should constantly be changing the game so it's unpredictable at that point. Um, but um, I feel like he's almost gone back to parking the bus, and I think he might just be experimenting with tactics that will put Spurs on the front foot, will put them in the opponent's half for a lot of the game instead of sitting back. Um, and I think he just he's he's just using games to you know I reckon next season Spurs will be firing especially if uh, Jose gets um, players and I think Jose needs this I reckon Jose needs a centre back that's really fast um, and I think he he he, he definitely needs um, attacking midfielders. Um, I, I just picked up on your word. Uh, you used the word experiment. Um, and I think that is so true. Um, it's so obvious, especially when Europa League was playing as well. It's so obvious that Jose is just still trying to figure out um, team tactics. Like one week he's he's totally switching out the teams. Like one week he's got a different team to what he will play in with the Europa. One one week he'll add Bale and 
Ali to the mix one week he won't. Ali is injured at the moment, fair play, but he's just he keeps on mixing up the chemistry, and I think that's weighing on Spurs um, on Spurs players' minds, and they just I don't think they. They're, they've clicked yet because he just keeps on switching up the team and obviously uh, a different team means that they play differently uh, they hear each other differently um, the pace of the game changes and just the dynamic of the game in general changes so I think he really needs to just get it right and just play that team hmm. yeah I get what you're saying I also I reckon by next season, I think he needs to... I know when he came to Spurs, he started... He was saying things along the lines of, Kane, I'm building the team around you. And I mean, that's good. And it was good when he was uninjured at the start of the season. Man, they were flying through. But I think if you're going to uh, build a team around someone, I don't think it's very good if you're building it around an injury-prone player. As good as he is, and when he's on form, he is on form. But I think it would be... It's a tough game to play if you're, if you're wondering whether or not... you key player is going to be injured every second game and I don't think you can really win titles with that I think you can definitely get up there but it's definitely going to be harder than just having a team of good solid players which I think he hasn't been there long so you can't expect that yet and I think he's getting there but I don't know how good it is to rely on Kane for that solidness every week in and out I don't think Kane's injury prone per se I think he's I think he's uh I think he gets injuries because he, I mean, I've seen Kane go into tackles where you're just like, dude, what are you doing? Like you could, you didn't, you didn't have to go into that tackle, but he goes into tackles 80 to 100%. Like he, he goes in full on. And I think that's why he gets injured. I don't think he's injury prone. Um, yeah, that is true. Yes. But I do want to say, I don't think it's good for any team to rely on one player. I don't think it's good for any team to build their team around well, one Player. I'll just see. I'll just stop you there. Right. That is true. Jose did say he wanted to base his team around Kane, right? Yeah. Just have Kane up front. But that was when he first got to Tottenham. At the start of this season, he's more looking. Well, it's obvious when he um when he when he chose Hodgeberg for his starting eleven. Whereas Hodgeberg just likes the long through balls. And Kane isn't the quickest, you know, player out there. So Jose has clearly realised, you know, let's not focus on one player. And he, now he's also getting Sun. So Sun's also, um, Sun's also just as much as a key player than Kane is, right? And I mean, this season is more evidence than you'll ever need. Kane and Sun are absolutely on fire. So it clearly works. And Mourinho's, Mourinho's tactics clearly work. So I think that old tactic of relying on one player, I don't think that's that's the go or the way Mourinho is pushing towards nowadays. Yeah, no, I, yeah, that is true. I was, I'm more meaning that at the start of the season, Kane was uninjured in form. You guys were rocketing. Now he's sort of been injured a couple games, in a couple games, and you guys are dropping in form so I don't know if it's just that it's the mentality probably of is he the captain the captain like getting injured it's probably going to have a bad like bad man, mental effect on the players but yeah I think um you need more quality in the team not that there isn't quality but 
I think, Sorry, yeah, okay. some, like, some more attacking midfielders. Elite Dali, Deli Ali in form. And hey, I reckon when he's in form, I think he would fit quite well with uh, is it Holzberg yeah, there so, as well. But. He's so... Not to disrespect the man at all, but he's, he's, he's very rarely in form, let's be honest, nowadays. Like, back in 2017 type times, that man... I want, like... Alex Ferguson literally told Mourinho, bring Deli Ali to Man U. And he told him when Oli came in, he told him when Oli came in, bring Deli Ali. And then ever since then, it's just gone quiet because obviously we haven't done so. But I, I think, yes, Deli Ali's a great player, but he has to be on in form to be really good. Um, and when he's not in form, it's, you know, it's, yeah. Also, you, you said, Lawrence, uh, you said when like, when Kane's injured, that could be a potential reason why Spurs are suffering so much right now. I don't think that's the case necessarily because um, a couple of years ago, 18-19 season, Spurs went all the way to the final of the Champions League without Kane, right? I think just honestly, right now, I think Mourinho's just trying... It, Back to what Oscar was saying, Mourinho is just experimenting a little too, you know, harshly, and, um, and he's just doing it like so full on, um, and he's not sticking to one team. I think that's the error. Mourinho just can't decide on what team to put for his starting eleven. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. I think I would also have something. I hate to sound like a dead record, but I think it comes back to how, because like you said. When Sun's there, you put Hols- Holzberg. He puts Holzberg in the midfield for those long through balls. Where, if, say, Sun wasn't playing, Kane was, you wouldn't be putting a like, long through balls through as much. So I think, yeah, like, yeah, sort of like you said and what I said, but yeah, having you've got to change teams. And I think when you've got an injury, like someone who has had injuries and is having injuries in the mix, it's very hard to get a solid team. And I think for what he has had, which I think you said what he has, he's doing all right. But yeah, I think there's definitely room to improve this season at least. One thing, one, one topic I needed to bring up. Okay, you guys. I wanted to bring this up because this is such a belief. I believe right this second, Luke Shaw is the best left back in the world. I'm willing to say it in the world. In the wild. I said, I said, in the, I said in the prem a week ago, but since then we've had a nine-nil win, right? And he was uh, he was responsible for a lot of those uh, assists and goals. Um, any any anyone anyone think anyone think any differently? All I'm going to say is, can we just congratulate Oscar for, you know, where did that come from? <laughs> One it, minute we were talking it, about the Spurs, and then, bam, Luke Shaw. It's facts. Come on. Who? I mean, I'm not going to disagree with you, because to be honest, I haven't really been paying attention to Luke Shaw or left backs in general. That is my... I will admit that freely. So I would have to throw one other name in the mix, and that's Alfonso Davies. He he's oh a gun. Oh my he, days! Okay, I forgot about he, them. Okay, he has to be in the mix. 
As in, okay. I'd say Luke Shaw's definitely easy, like most in form in the Prem. But in the world, I think there's some very big names he's going up against to be able to back up that claim. I don't know. I reckon <laughs> I reckon he's easy in the top three. Easy. He might not be number one because I think Alfonso Davies attacking that yeah. man is different gravy. Yeah. But, but I think I think yeah. in the world, top three minimum. Because but Alfonso also, Davies is different gravy. I'm getting not just from this, just from the media in general. We need to stop comparing Premier League players to other league players because the leagues are just on two different yeah. levels. Like, yeah, no, I agree. Luke Shaw is going up against mammoths. Like, he's going up against guns, uh, uh, scorers, like, actual world-class. I'm not saying the other leagues aren't world-class, but Luke Shaw's competition is way more harder than, let's say, the Bundesliga. You know? Yeah, that is, that is true. I mean, you look at the tables and from where man you are and you look at uh, Bayon, uh, Bayon. <laughs> that says it all, I guess. Bundesliga, there's been one team that's always up there, give or take, a few seasons where they've dropped, but it's Bayern Munich and Alfonso Davies does play there, so it definitely come into it, but he's, he still performs in the Champions League. He performs like in uh, for Canada as well a bit. I haven't seen him much, but I saw a couple, so... Yeah, he's yeah. still untested, but I still think he would be up there for yeah, easy top three with as well, yeah. Yeah, and at the same time, he is, he is a young player, so people aren't saying, like... People think Mbappe is a great player, and people think Neymar is a great player. Obviously, Neymar's not young, but when Neymar was young and at Barca, people still thought he was great. So I think you can say people are good, even if they're in other leagues and you can't really compare them. Um, but I would say like Mbappe, if he came to the Prem, nine times out of 10, he would be in the top three strikers. No doubt. Top three, I'd say top five, he'd probably cruise into that in top three. I'd definitely what? You wouldn't say that. top three? I don't know. I don't, who, would you, top, who would you say top three? Off the top of my I'd head. I'd say top three, Aguero um, and Barca Son. if he came in. Sounds like a striker. Oh, oh yeah. Are you saying... Well, neither <laughs> is Mbappe, isn't he a winger? Mbappe. Mbappe's a winger, is he not? No, he's a striker. Name no, is a winger. My mistake, my mistake. Are you stupid? My anyway. mistake, my mistake. Aguero, Aguero would be in top three. Kane. Um... Okay, forget Mbappe. Top three strikers right now. <laughs> Top three. Okay, Aguero, Kane, and... I would have to say... Oh, no. I'm thinking of Firmino, but no. Just no. Oh, he's I did. Been, if you said he's that, been, I'd, I'd, I'd He's been you. playing rubbishly. Um, I think we'd both probably scoff you out of the cold, so... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd say... Uh, ten oh, Vardy. Vardy. Oh. He has been injured though. Vardy hasn't had a good season this season so far, mate. Well, oh, he, he, he had a good neither... start. He had a good okay. start. But Danny Ings, Dominic Calvert Lewin, right now. He's a young. Tied for second place, thirteen goals. Would uh, Rashford? Is he? Where does he play? Is he still striker? I've No, Rashford plays on the left. Yeah, Rashford plays on the left. 
Two for two, Lawrence. Um, Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um. Uh, what was I saying? Talking about leagues, I want top five lists, obviously, of the top five leagues on the top five leagues in your opinion. I personally think. You know, no, no, no. Actually, I'll let Laurie go first. Let's see if he can go. Okay, no. Three. Can we? Okay, I think. I think the audience just can we cancel that two immediately at the top. Premier League. League. <laughs> At the bottom, League One. Yeah. Oh, okay. well, no, no, that's your opinion. Keep going. Keep yeah, going. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Keep okay. going, okay. Toby. Keep going, mate. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll go there. From, I'll go from, from the top, or? <laughs> I'll go first. Okay, fifth, I have as League One. Yeah. Fourth, I have as Bundesliga. Oh. Third, <laughs> third I have as Serie A. And second, oh. I have as La Liga. Oh. Now I have my reasons, but let's hear your list first before okay. we get into right. backing okay. up. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you want to go? I can go if you'd like. I'll, I'll go. I'll go. You okay. Can, yeah. I think if anyone thinks that Premier League is better, it is worse than any other of the top five leagues. You're just stupid. You're an idiot. Okay. You don't deserve to have an opinion ever again. Okay. I think genuinely, yes, League One is last. I agree with Toby on that. But I don't let's agree go. with his middle three at all. Ooh, okay, let's hear I it. think Bundesliga, third, right? For the sole reason. Hang on, who's that... fourth? You skipped fourth. <laughs> I know, I know. Oh, oh sorry, sorry, sorry. So Bundesliga is third, I think, because of the sole reason, and I think La Liga is fourth, because because La Liga has three teams that dominate the scene, right? They just do. But I feel like those three teams are underperforming this season. So this season, if if wait, are we saying this season or all time? no? No, we are going just of all time. All time top. Okay. Five. Come on, come on. You can't kick something. You can't. You can't beat a dead horse. Come on. Okay. 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 So, <laughs> That's so not all the expression, time. but okay. Yeah, that is. <laughs> okay. All time, I'd say Syria second. Controversial. Ooh. Controversial. Okay. Premier League first. Syria second. La Liga third. Bundesliga fourth, and League one. Okay. Last. Okay. Was that the same as Toby's after I just said I did? <laughs> no, no, no. It was close. It was close. It was close. We, okay. Our La Liga and Syria are different. Uh, you put Syria in second. I put it in third. Okay. Okay, Lawrence, you go. I was just saying, it's actually more tough than you expect to sort out the lower ones as well. But in all time, I'd say Prem number one has to be no choice. Uh, no decision, whatever. Uh, second, I'd also agree, Syria has to be up there, especially Thank you. from like, forever. Like, if you're looking back, it was huge, dropped off for a bit. I definitely think it's coming back. Like, even I think in modern, like this past two years, I'd even put it in the second. And then third, Bundesliga. Oh, nah, third, I have to put Syria out of all time. If we're talking about these part, the uh, modern times, I'd put switch them around, but yeah. La Liga is third. Uh, 
fourth Bundesliga. You can't really say much else because of all time, Bayern's always been on top. Only recently has it started to sort of change a bit, but yeah, fourth. And La Liga, uh, League One, I don't like, besides PSG, maybe two other teams, you never heard of them. I don't think it's going to get much bigger. Might maybe because of PSG bringing in so much money, but again, it's just I don't think it's bringing in football fans as much as the other five, uh, other four leagues. Owned. So we, me and Laurie have the same opinion then. Okay. Oh, now we have the same. So <laughs> Syria. Okay. So you, why? So you based you are basing your judgments on just the competitiveness, and also. I was right. thinking. No, we're basing might... it on a league as a league, a, a, as a, a whole. whole league. Yeah. Okay. Um, Syria, right? Back in the day, was was the definition of different gravy. It okay. was almost competing with the Premier League back then. Can especially I just say this? With Can I just say this? Yeah. Can I just say this? Okay. Are we saying all time, as in eighteen fifty, all time? Because no, I'm all, thinking. No, not all time, let's all keep time. in. Let's keep. 1980 and above. Within, yeah. Okay, within 30 years. Four, give it 40. Give it 40. That brings it to the start. Okay. I'm, yeah, I'm 40, saying 30. You won't even... No, no. 30, okay, th- no, 30 years, it still holds its purpose. It still holds its purpose. Yeah. Syria was booming, I reckon, until like early 2000s where it started to drop off, where some of the big names left and then started coming back in like 2012 onwards. And I think now it's... It's like more competitive than Bundesliga, I'd say. Like, it's very, it's a very competitive league nowadays. Yeah. If you look at the title race now, I think it's probably the most entertaining title race. I'd yeah. say. Yeah. Even, even, even to this, like, even this season, it's intense. Like, Juventus are getting beaten by. Did they? Didn't they get beaten by AC Milan? Yeah. Like, you got players like Zlatan, and I know he's like forty and still kicking yeah, yeah. about. But he's he's a good player and he's getting goals. Like you got Ronaldo there, You've, and I feel like Liga was only big because Ronaldo and Messi were there. But now only Messi's there and Ronaldo's at Syria. You know, you've got like some of the best defenses in the world are from Syria. Like Premier League, like every okay. team in the Prem looks at Syria to get good defense. So you. You guys are contradicting yourselves. You guys are saying, let's look back over the last 30 years. And then you guys are like, now look at the past three months and what's happened. No, no. I said, I said it was a good, it was, it's still a good league. Okay. Tell me who won. Tell me who won the uh, Serie A two years ago. I don't know because I don't follow Serie A. Yeah, I don't follow it. Juventus. Juventus. Tell me who won it five years ago. Juventus. Who won it? Six, seven, eight, nine. Juventus have won, have destroyed okay. for the past like past nine, like years. nine years. Which is exactly, which is what, exactly I what I. Are you sure? Jeez. Are you sure they won? Yes, they have won for straight like eight years. Um, the Liga have had the most intense rivalry. Of modern football, Real Madrid versus Barcelona, and now if we want to compare the, uh, I don't think that is the most intense one. Are you? No, you are joking. Do you want to know who gets? Who do you think gets more numbers, Barca and Real, or 
Liverpool and uh, Man U. Well, Man United, obviously, they had that massive game, wasn't it? That massive, like, 2008 game where they got, like, 700 million no, that was, live that was 2015. Ah, oh, sorry. 700 million live viewers. Yeah. More than, like, like so much more than the no, like, okay, Super Bowl. No, okay, everyone right now, you know, the two greatest players going head-to-head, everyone was talking about that. No one was talking about Rooney going against... Steven Gerrard or whatever. <laughs> no one was talking about that. That is La Liga in its prime. If we're talking about in their prime, you look at AC Milan, uh, it had, I can't remember his name, the defender, uh, he's insane. Like, they pulled some big names. And I, I reckon what you just said has definitely made me more think about La Liga being above Serie A. But I, 100%. I, I, I cannot put La Liga second to the Premier League. I just don't think it's up there. The Syria, You've got to I understand. Because in today as well, it's pulling more. And I think in its history and today, I've taken into account I, the, the middle area where I think most football sort of dropped off. Maybe it was just me not watching it as much. But yeah, I think Syria still deserves to be second. But I think it's closer after you, um, after you, what you've just said. I... I totally disagree. I completely and utterly disagree. La Liga, let me tell you right now, okay? Let me tell you right now. How many viewers do you think the Serie A pulls annually? I wouldn't know. I, d- I wouldn't know. I would say you may, it'll probably, you've probably looked it up and you'll find that the La Liga is pulling more. But I think with the, lo- the fans in the places, I just see as Serie A. Yeah, no, are you kidding me? Hard. Hang on, can you just say, ladies and gentlemen, for the record, Lawrence Ryan just said, Serie A players, I mean, not fans, no, fans, are more wild than La Liga. Tope. Are you kidding yeah, me? Yeah, no, they what? are. They are. They are. Are you they kidding are 100% me? Are. No, 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 they are. I agree with Laurie 100% on that point. They are. Um, and also, I want to pull across this point. America, dude. America. All Americans know what Barcelona and Real Madrid are. What name one American that knows what Inter Milan is? No one, unless you're into the sport. If you're a proper football fan, you know what good what league is good. There's probably there's probably stacks of Americans that are like PSG is the best ever, and they don't know half their players. No, they know Neymar. No, that and is now they're fact. probably saying Juventus is it's, the best because Ronaldo is there. Yeah, it's not about watch time. It's about who's watching. And I feel like real football fans that actually care are watching. Americans will just chuck it on because it's on the TV, you know? And they'll just, they'll they'll crack a beer and think, heck yeah, this is great. Even though they don't know what's going on half the time. Which brings in, I, would, I was almost going to say, put the MLS in as top as fifth instead of of league one but i couldn't quite bring myself to do it (laughs) no if you did that i'd I'd in terms of money and oh yeah even still yeah anyway so back to that the liga brings in more money the liga has more watch time right now if you guys are are you i don't i I think if you guys are seriously comparing the last three months. Dude, the equivalent of Spurs are on no top of the ladder, com- you realise. No one's comparing the last three months. 
Yeah, you guys are saying, oh, dude, the competition in Syria. The title race is so much more entertaining in the Syria. If you look in the Liga, all the teams are underforming besides Atletico. Maybe the, the top three, they're all up there. But Atletico is like, I think it was 12 points ahead with a game in hand. Like, they're just dominating. Yeah. It's Me- so, like, yeah, Messi's it's... been underforming a little bit less so than, more uh, so than usual. No. He has been. Uh, mm, I. I mean, what? he hasn't been up to his goat standard, but he has—he's been cranking it like within the past five matches. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know. How do you even respond to that? Yeah, I. Maybe last five matches, but still, Syria. The title race is a more entertaining title race. Yeah, I'd say it could just be because I prefer the teams that might. Have was probably coming to it a bit but if you look at like the top five just find it so much more entertaining to watch they they uh when they verse they it's so much more intense i have to say the derby between the milan and inter milan like one of the most intense derbies like you say look do you see the one just before there was like fights all throughout it it's definitely up yeah. there with the most competitive yeah. a fight with hey let's rub foreheads <laughs> No, that, that wasn't a proper fight, dude. Trust me. Have you okay. seen Sergio Ramos when he gets angry? No, okay. Now we're just getting into the little itty-gritty. I've laid down some facts. You guys are just... Get your opinions. Well, you guys are just what saying, saying what you like. You I did say are, that. I said that last. You guys are basing your opinions off what no, you like and what no. you enjoy. I'm lying down but it's not, facts. It's, it's not all about money and uh, watch time. At me. all. Kind of no. is, man. No. No, it's about the talent. The talent. Are you because saying... think about it. How many people watch the MLS? Dude. Because all Americans are keen. No. No. That's, no. that's stupid. And the, what about the Chinese Super League? I guarantee you there's stacks of people watching that, but, you know, they're not one of the best leagues in the world, are they? And they bring in so much money. Yeah, they probably pull in some of the more talent than the Liga and the Premier League because they just spend all their money doesn't make them top yes whatever anyways I think we have come in to a disagreement I, I, are you backing out I'm not backing out I think the Liga is I'm not backing out greatest no. league I don't think no. anyone's backing out to it you can't put it second to the Prem that's all I'm saying if you put in second to the Prem it's gotta be Syria well this is a great time to end the podcast guys these what podcasts will be coming out weekly yes oh uh, every at the end of every match day end of every match end day we'll have a new episode day. all right um so yeah practically weekly you can expect a week one um my advice for you guys just maybe research your uh, football a bit better <laughs> you know Right, you reset your football. Also, guys, check out the Instagram as well at underscore the football theory. It's going to have some great stuff coming there soon, so check it out as well. Number of great stuff. Nice, shameless plugging. Okay, guys, (laughs) we'll see you later.